are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a October 24th Wednesday edition of the Lockdown Blazers podcast, a special edition. I'm joined by Seth Johnston, comedian. Hello, Hello lobsters. Yeah. Comedian, former host, former host of the LOB of the of the LOB. That's right. Here and now a host of another basketball Your podcast. Pod just a, it's called it's a Blazers pod. Also, yes. We already had Clyde is the name. Me and another comedian by the name of Brandon Lyons are doing that for about the Blazers. Friend of the show, Brandon Lyons. Friend of the show, yeah, yeah. Brent. Uh, Brandon Lyons hung out with you recently, and he said, we got to get Eric on the pod. He's got a lot of hot takes. That was the quote. Yeah. So you really you really made an impression. I think I think maybe the take that he's talking about is my take that Damian Lillard is better than Russell Westbrook. Yeah, that's it. That's it. He did mention that. I definitely, um, and, you know, since you, the lobsters, you know, you guys are my my number one, you know. Yeah. That's old news to the lobsters. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know that I, you know that I. Uh, That's what's kind of fun about. We already have cl- had Clyde so far. Is that um, Brandon is a lot less on basketball internet than I am. Uh huh. So for him to hear something like that is. That's like blowing his mind, but I would say that's probably a normal basketball Twitter position. Right, but if you're not uh, exposed to that constantly. Yeah, so it's yeah. kind of fun. It's mostly going to be me and Brandon yelling at each other, I think. We're going to try to find some some common ground. <laughs> yeah, and I guess we that can lead us into talking about uh, the game on Monday where the Blazers lost in overtime, 125-124. Uh, at the end of regulation, Damian Lillard... Uh, got blocked a couple of times mm-hmm. down the stretch, and uh, you know some people. Speaking of Twitter, you know we're breaking that play down, um, and you can see after the fact when we just looked at it again together. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of hard for me to to fault Dame for taking that shot in that situation because by the time he had our the defense had committed, there was less than like a second and a half on the clock. Like there wasn't, it was like 1.9. So it's like, it's already getting out in two seconds. Like you have to make that pass, has to get there in less than a second. And the guy has to be able to shoot it. Like, I, I just don't know if there's enough time there to really, for him to really have done anything else. Yeah, no, not, he was, I mean, he was pinned at the free throw line, really. I yeah. mean, he had to go and CJ was wide open, but you'd, you'd have to be, like a Ben Simmons, you have to be like a six ten guy to see CJ back there and whip your. You know what I mean? That's yeah, a tough. Yeah, pass. I mean, that's like a that's like honestly, you know who you know who probably you know the only guy Dame size that I think could have made that pass Ky- is Kyrie, maybe? Curry, Curry, yeah, Curry, Curry, because he he always does those one handed. It'd be like a loop around with your left left hand, hand which is just it way back. Yeah, which is just insane. I yeah. mean, the I mean, and Dame has handle looks better this year. I think it in the early mm-hmm. going but um oh i think overall he just had a crappy night like him and him and cj both just did not shoot the ball very yeah, well yeah i think cj all. was one for nine from three yeah and dame was two of ten yeah. seven of 21 overall cj five for 25 i mean it's just like when you had a night like that from those two guys it's just 
And the fact is, they were they still almost won the game. Yeah, the Wizards are terrible. Uh, the Wizards won by one, and they had Damon C.J. off nights combined with uh, Markeith Morris hitting six threes. Yeah. And you get the one-point overtime. You know what I mean? It's a And and Beal and Wall both had a good night, too. Yeah. I mean, well, Wall, five, Wall had that BS shot at the end of the game in the overtime. Yeah. He banked in a mid-range shot to basically win the game. And it was just like, that is just trash. I mean, it was just <laughs> like, it was just a, such a trash shot. And he went in. Kelly Oubre Jr. had 22 points off the bench. He had a really good game. Yeah, it's a really good game for the Wizards. And yeah. I feel like Beal always kills the Blazers. Yes. He's just a lot for our guards to handle. Yeah, I believe last time the Wizards 50. were here, he had 50. Yeah, yeah. 51 50, or something like that. That was when I think that was when Wall was out. Yeah. And they made him the point guard. Yeah. And, and, they, did, and yeah. They, they were a lot better. Yeah, it was weird. It was well, and that was, with, that was the whole, like, uh, the whole thing where it was like everybody eats. It was yeah. like when, when, when Wall was out, and that kind of created a funny rift. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, w- w- disappointing loss for the Blazers. Damon CJ having off nights. Nurk uh, with a really good night. And I feel like these are the type of nights that Nurk can have. And then Aminu also with a big night. 22-18 and 18 for Nurkic. And then Aminu with 16-15. and 15. Um, I feel like these numbers in this, like, new the gassed up pace era right now are going to be, I feel like numbers like that for Nurkic are going to be possible a lot. Hmm, yeah. Because there's just not a lot of teams playing traditional centers, you know? Yeah. Like, Yeah, he gets, I mean, he gets his shot put at the rim a lot. That His favorite shot in basketball. Yeah. The, the, the floater. <laughs> the, the baby floater. The baby floater from the biggest guy on the court. Yeah. Um, yeah, Nurkic, that, that first game against the Lakers, that was when I first noticed it. I was like, oh, man, he's just really not dunking at all. He just really still does not finish. But he did have a nice night. I liked some of his plays in pick and rolls. I, I rewatched some plays from the game, and um, I liked that there, were, there was one play in particular where I really liked his catch out of the pick and roll. He stopped. He took a dribble turned around and like took more time with it mm-hmm. and like last year I feel like when he would get the catches on the pick and roll it would be like straight line drive to the rim and he would always try and like hit a, a driving layup like he's a guard Yeah. when he's like he always has the size advantage so if he just takes his time down there you know he gets good shots so he was getting like nice baby hooks with time but off the pick and roll and then he did have a couple of post ups too which you know are fine in in small doses. Yeah, this has been it's been. I'm not gonna let. I mean, a lot of people were pissed about the Wizards game, but I think I'm not gonna let. I feel like first three games of Blazers two and one, and the one is like a weird. It was just a weird game loss. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I there was still a, feel yeah. pretty. Yeah, I feel honestly. I think in a good mood. Yeah, I think after week one. Uh, week one for the Blazers was really good. I mean, obviously, you know, you expect to win the home opener, but. It being that big of a deal with LeBron and the Lakers, like, and doing it the way they do, the, yeah. you know, and then uh, beating San Antonio was, I think, you know, maybe you could argue was a more impressive win. Yep. Because, you know, the Spurs went into LA and beat the Lakers right the next night. So, yep. um, Portland's offense, too, I think, uh, I, I checked it yesterday, and Portland's offense is second 
in efficiency right now. Well, and they, yeah. I mean, I was just looking at they hadn't they haven't scored less than 121 points yet in their first three games. Wow. So that's pretty fun. Yeah, and like that's ultimately I think one of the key tenets of following the Blazers and wanting the you know and watching the Blazers is like yes you want them to be good but like it's very important that they're also fun. Yeah. And I feel like last year all the fun was sucked out. Yeah, there was not a lot of fun last year. Yeah, like all the fun was even though they won and got the third seed. Yeah. They were just not a fun team. Not a lot of running, not a lot of dunking. No. And and now we're getting that. We're getting more three-pointers. I mean, yeah. 39 three-point attempts in the loss. Uh, and, that's you know, what that, I'm talking about. Yeah, that's the type of offense that we like to see. But um, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to talk about uh, the road trip that's coming up here, uh, starting in Orlando on Thursday. Uh, and we're going to talk about uh, one of our favorite topics, the one of the guys that the Blazers are going to have to watch out for on Oof. Thursday. So we'll be right back. All right. So uh, we are back. The Blazers are hitting the road, as we just said in the last segment. They are starting off their trip in Orlando. Then they head to Miami to face the Heat. Uh, so should be, you know, that's always a tough trip. It's the longest trip of the year, I think, for Portland because they've got to go that long distance all the way to Florida. Yeah, and um, it's in a, it's, I think it's four games in six nights. Yeah. And that last, the, after they got uh, Indiana, Miami, then Indiana, then a back-to-back with Houston. Like, the next night they're in Houston. That's a schedule loss. Um, yeah, yeah. I think it's um, – and Chris Paul will be unsuspended by then. Uh, so uh, – He'll be back. He'll, he'll be rested. He'll, yeah, he'll be back and rested. So, that yeah, that's that might as well – you might as well chalk that one up as a loss if yeah. you're uh, scoring at home, looking ahead to this road trip. Uh, Orlando, a team that always seems to uh, play well early in the season. Oh, uh, and then they got – I mean, Miami's always tough. I mean, they never – they don't have a star or anything, but it's just like they play really good defense, so they're going to wear you down. Yeah, they play hard. Yeah. And it seems like um, Whiteside is actually kind of engaged. This is, I haven't been paying super close attention, but what, they, they've been getting a better Whiteside, it looks like, so far. Yeah, and, 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 and that's important, I think, too, for them because last time uh, – the last time the two teams played was in March – and I believe Whiteside was injured for that game. And the Blazers just gave the ball to Nurkic on Bam Adebayo, like, yeah. every play because he has, like, 50 pounds on him. Yeah. Um, so if there's, you know, Whiteside being there changes what that game's going to be like for the Blazers. But um, let's talk a little bit about Orlando because uh, they have one of our, our favorite guys in the league. Vucci. Vuchimane. Um, Nick Vucevic, and then they just beat Boston at Boston yeah. the other night. Um, Nick Vucevic balling, Jonathan Isaac with a, his first career double double. He's looking really good. Uh, Fournier had a big game. Aaron Gordon's been putting up big numbers too. Yeah, and, and you know Steve Clifford like is I'm not to you know sound like you know kind of sports radio guy here like talking about the coach, but like Steve Clifford is a really good coach. It's just like I think. It, Everything that they were doing there in Charlotte just wasn't working anymore, and yeah. I think it was kind of a burnout situation. But like now that he's got this new team, bunch of new guys, um, I I really like it. Uh, for, from Orlando, Vucevic shoots threes, which makes him a really even tougher guard. And he always kills the Blazers. I feel yeah. like I think he had 
this was back when I was on the beat, but I did. Uh, it was like a scouting report or something like that. And this was like three or four years ago, but where Vucevic's highest scoring average against any team comes against Portland. Hmm. He's just he just loves to kill Portland, and he's been killing it. Twenty four and twelve. Um, he's also I mean Vucevic. I checked because I feel like at the start of every NBA season he's on a tear. Yeah. And you hear about last year we were all excited about new Vooch, which because he was shooting a ton of threes and just nailing yeah. them. And this year he's getting he's got a triple double. It's new new Vooch. New new Vooch. The new new Vooch. And I checked it up in his October stats. His splits, career October numbers, 18, 11, and three assists, and he shoots 47% from three in October in his career. And then, and then it, it just, uh, it actually declines steadily across the board throughout the season. <laughs> he just, I mean, he's down to 14 points by November, and then it's like down to 13.9 by the, the end of the season. So he kind of tails off. So, so what we're telling you is there really could not be a worse time to play Orlando. You don't want Vooch in October. Maybe. Yeah, you they, you don't want Vucevic in October. I don't know what it is. And I feel like Orlando, too, is always seems kind of fun in the beginning of the season. And then they're just so bad they're irrelevant by, I don't know, December. December. Yeah, it's like, it's like it, it happens. It's a very flash-in-the-pan type situation. And their point guard is DJ Augustine, which is insane to me. Their starting point guard... It's, I mean, I mean, contrast that with Portland. They've got like you know, Portland's got Seth Curry, yeah, Dame, CJ. I mean, Portland has a huge advantage in this game at the guard position. And that if they don't take advantage of and it, and Fournier, I, mean, I don't think he really plays deep. He's their, he must be their starting shooting guard right now. Yeah, he's really kind of a three. Yeah. So Dame and CJ are probably gonna eat a lot. At yeah. Orlando, I would yeah, imagine. I would imagine as well. But it, they also are like pretty unorthodox in a lot of other ways. They're starting Aaron Gordon at small forward, yeah. I guess you would say, because uh, or Jonathan Isaac. I don't know who the small forward is there, but those two guys are both playing. They're like both, you know, like six ten, super long. They're the same. And, and Gordon, because Aaron Gordon is one of my favorite players, deep in my heart. Yeah, I have a soft spot for Aaron Gordon, and. They gave him the, a year of small forward, which he was bad at, but I think it helped him when he moved back to power forward. So uh-huh. I actually like if you got a high potential player to play them up for a season, and mm-hmm. they suck. Like they can't, like he can't really guard guys. He, yeah. he, he can shoot threes kind of, but not consistently enough to be a small, not really to be a small forward. Mm-hmm. But it seemed like when he slid back to power forward, it's like. He like, oh, this is easy now. I can right. go, I can, I can go past these guys, and he's big enough to guard people in the post. Yeah, um, like conditions them to do things that are. It makes them playing in regular position easier after yeah. they've done something that's so hard. Once they've gone higher up on the perimeter, this seems like going back down is like, I got this. Yeah, you know? yeah, no, I think it's he, a, I think it's a. He had to play a, a, like a little faster than he was used to when he was kind of struggling as a small forward but then then when he went back yeah this is interesting because i was actually thinking about something kind of along the same lines but not exactly Mm -hmm. um when i was watching some film of the blazers game is you know we were worried about the blazers not having ed davis and how that would hurt but one of the things i'm seeing and maybe uh and I think while Ed Davis was here, he allowed for this to happen, is that, like, he kind of gave Portland's bigger wings, like Aminu and Harkless, the opportunity to play four sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, and, the, and, but not, like, 
be completely exposed, yeah. especially for a guy like Harkless who didn't have a lot of experience playing four. Mm-hmm. You know, Aminu had done that before, but Harkless, you know, hadn't really. And, you know, last year he played a ton of minutes off the bench with Ed, and I feel like now, you know, he's got that experience of playing a lot of four, which he's being asked to play off the bench, and then Aminu is basically the starting four, and right. Portland's rebounding has been really good, mm-hmm. even though they don't have the guy that was, like, so good at rebounding. Yeah. So I feel like maybe in, in a different way, uh, you know, having that kind of protection early while you're kind of nurturing those guys into the position, then you kind of let Ed Davis go when you think they're ready to really absorb that rebounding burden mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And so far, I mean, it's worked for Portland, which is, you know, credit to them and, uh, you know, Terry Stotts and everybody because it's just... Uh, yeah, no one is... No one... Early in the season, nobody is, is bringing up Ed Davis, really. No. Because they haven't missed him. No, And it they just haven't. seemed like the right thing to do now. Yeah. Uh, they, they, the, like you mentioned, Collins and Hartless, and then Zach Collins has played... Pretty well. Yeah. So I mean, six six blocks opening night. Yeah, and he look. I mean, he looks good out there. Yeah, it's worked out. No, I mean he's good job, Neil. No, yeah, no. Neil. Nobody ever gives Neil O'Shea a pat on the back. Yeah, well, we're gonna give him we're, one. We're gonna give you two pats, two yeah. lobster pats on the back, both claws. Yeah. Uh, from us, rub maybe, those shoulders, the get rest, those kinks out. The rest of the lobsters maybe not so eager to to do that, but yeah, uh, man, it's been fun. And uh, we're gonna take a quick break. And we're gonna talk about this bench unit for the Blazers. I think I want to because I want to touch on this bench unit before we Let's wrap up this epi- this episode. So right. we'll be right back. So we're back here on Locked On Blazers. Welcome back, lobsters, and here with Seth Johnson to hear to talk about the Blazers bench which mm. has oddly been a strength of this team, something we did not expect uh, early on in the season. Evan Turner kind of setting the table for everybody uh, alongside Nick Stauskas and Seth Curry uh, and, and Zach Collins. I mean, it's been a really fun... I mean, what have you liked so far about watching that group? Uh, well, I like their their bench reactions. That's what I look for in a bench, first of all, is how they're reacting to good plays that their teammates make. Their teammates make. Now, CJ's kind of double crossover uh, against who was that? Bryn Forbes. Yeah, was, that, was that? Yeah, was that the Zach Collins yeah, doing the I've fallen and I can't get yeah, up? Yeah, Zach Collins the on life, the floor. The life alert. Nick Skoskis pointing, you know, at the defender. Yeah. The, uh, Myers jogging in place. You know, Swag gets standing up. Uh, you know, it's just it's fun. Like I like to see a bench that looks like they're having fun, and they seem like they're having fun. And then also, I like you know Seth Curry hasn't really gotten it going yet, and he's the one before the season I thought of the people, the new people. I thought Seth Curry was going to kind of end up anchoring the bench, kind of like, or not maybe anchoring, but just being the spark, like a Shabazz. I mm-hmm. thought of him as like a Shabazz upgrade, right? You know, like he's going to be in the three guard line, and um, and so far he ha- he's been okay, but he. Ha- I haven't really noticed him that much when he's no. playing. He hasn't really had, like, he's hit, like, a couple, he's hit, like, a handful of threes, like, here and there yeah. in spots, but he hasn't had, like, any, like, he hasn't had, like, a Stauskas moment where he just, like, right. hits three threes in three, in, in three possessions right. and just, like, goes off. And uh, so I think, if anything, that's good news for Portland that the guy who's probably the, the guy that we expected to be, like, the most feared guy uh, you know, hasn't really gone He'll, off yet. Yeah, and he, I think he will. I mean, this is just, and he, 
can't forget he didn't play last season. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a that's an important point to remember with him that he was injured all year all last year. So yeah. and, you know, so um, and I think we also got to talk about Evan Turner. Um, he has been a revelation in these three games so far. Seriously, I mean, they've changed the kind of role. They don't play him with CJ and nope. Dame anymore. They kind of put CJ in there at the tail end of some of those rotations, but really yeah. it's mostly him with Stauskas and Curry and Mo and and those guys. And he's averaging 10 points a game. He's has right now what would be the best effective field goal percentage of his career, the best field goal percentage of his career, and he's averaging just under five assists and five rebounds to go with those 10 points. Um, when we talk about the perfect vision of Evan Turner, this is basically it. This is it. The, yeah, and the Blazers are obviously a lot better when this works. Be, they, I mean, what still kind of bothers me about this, it will always, it's not Evan's fault. <laughs> I don't blame you, Evan Turner. He's a big lobster. Yeah, sure. yeah. But um, it's like they, for to, to get value out of him, they have to build around him. Yes. You can't, you can't just plug in. No. And, you know, you have to construct a, a roster, a ideal roster around him to get... 10, 5, and 5. Yes. And it's working right now, but it yeah. seems like a lot of trouble to go through for a guy that's not an all-star. I, I mean, they went through two years of one year where they almost didn't make the playoffs, and yeah. they had to sneak in, and then last year was a pretty good year, but it was basically saved by that kind of late-season surge that the Blazers typically have, and yeah. it wasn't really as much of a, a you know a byproduct of Turner's play or performance. It, yeah. was, it wasn't, and now... You know, now in year three of the Evan Turner thing, it seems like they finally figured it out what that should look like. Right. And um, he's been great. And then another statistic, um, you know, just taking it to the, you know, some of the advanced numbers, which, um, you know, have are all have always been very unkind to Evan Turner during his Blazers tenure. Um, right now are looking great. Uh, the Blazers are a plus nineteen point four points per one hundred possessions when Turner is on the court. Um, and that is unexpected to say the least. Uh, but everybody that's playing from the Blazers bench, Stauskas, uh, Harkless for the most part, I mean, Seth Curry, not Harkless, but Seth Curry, Zach Collins, all those guys, uh, the Blazers are winning when those guys mm-hmm. are on the court, which hasn't been the case. And I think if you would have told people Terry Stotts' big plan in for the next season is that he's – not going to stagger CJ and Dame anymore. I think everyone would have been like, "Well, Stotts lost his mind." Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a really kind of surprising innovation that's working. Yeah, no, it's it, it's it's really cool. It's It'll really be fun. cool too to see as teams as the season goes on. I imagine we'll see more adjustments to that because mm-hmm. teams right now expect that Dame or CJ to always be there. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see after when there's an adjustment period too. Stopping Evan Turner at point guard. Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited to see uh, even Orlando. Like we're just saying, we're saying about Steve Clifford, uh, he's a pretty good coach. You know, they might try and scheme something up. So we'll see if they, you know, yeah. will they come up with something? Um, maybe we get to see Mo Bamba. I hope so. You know, that's another thing. I've been, I guess, because new new Vooch is balling out of his mind. Yeah. Bamba has not been playing very much. Yeah, no, it, he's... And he's... It, what's crazy is his block numbers are 
phenomenal for how much he's playing. He's only he's not playing like hardly a bit, but he'll still have two or three blocks. You know what I mean? And his three point rate is impressive. That guy when he gets on the court, he's he's putting up threes. Yeah. Like it's it's pretty fun uh, to see a guy like that who has like the longest wingspan ever. But. Um, yeah, no, I'm excited for Portland, Orlando. He's just got to wait for December when Vooch cools down. Yeah, when Vooch cools down, that's when... So if you're looking... If you're trying to find a guy for this fantasy... This a fantasy tip. Yeah, yeah, here. fantasy tip. Maybe wait to pick up Mobamba yeah. until mid-December. Until we get old Vooch. Yeah, until we get... yeah. Who's still... I, I still, still good. I think he's good. You know, you know what? I have a theory about new Vooch is yeah. maybe he comes out guns a-blazing to start the season to be like, hey, teams, like... You want to trade for me? Yeah. Like, maybe you guys should give something up and trade me to a good team. And then once he do- and then once he doesn't get traded, he's like, ah, screw What's it. I'm not, I'm not going to keep on busting my tail for the freaking magic. Yeah. So, um, who knows? But uh, it should be fun. Uh, should be a fun game. Going to be a tough one. Uh, on the road, Portland doesn't really play well at Orlando. But, um, all right. Uh, Seth, thanks for joining me. No problem. Um, let the people know again about your podcast. We Already Had Clyde is the title. We Already Had Blazers Clyde. Blazers fans will understand. Also, Twitter, Seth Ball, S-E-T-H-B-A-W-L. That's it. All right. Okay. Uh, keep it locked here, and we'll be back after Thursday's game uh, with another podcast. So until then. Bye, lobsters.